Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. I have a couple of questions about this scripture today. Like this, have you ever asked fervently over and over again, you've prayed to God for a Porsche 911 red convertible with a black top, thinking that this scripture means that God will deliver it to your driveway. Or maybe, maybe choose your own dream car, insert it here. Have you ever prayed and hoped for your dream car to, to become a reality, and, but, it, but it, it just never has? Kids and then money and then college and then you, they were, you just never got that dream car. Or, or maybe it's your own dream house if your thing isn't cards. Or maybe you've prayed over and over again to win the lottery thinking, ask and you will receive, and it just hasn't happened. More seriously, have you ever prayed for a problem to go away, prayed every day only for it to seem to get worse? Or have you ever, have you ever asked God for a loved one to get better, to, to heal from a, some disease or illness, but they didn't, they didn't get better? It became harder for them maybe for you too. So what does this verse ask and it shall be given to you? Like, what, is it, what does it mean? How do, we, how do we wrestle with this verse? It's going to be a verse today to put in our back pocket. So what, what does it mean? How do, we, how do we use this verse in our life of faith? what we're going to explore today. Would you, would you pray with me? God, sometimes things just seem so complicated and, and hard to understand. So, Lord, today, today as we explore your words from Jesus, just help us to learn and and to seek and to, to ask questions and to be okay when there aren't easy answers. To be willing to wait for your truth to unfold for us. To hear what you would have to say to each and every one of us. Speak to us, Lord. Through these words that I'm about to share around them, or God, if you have to, in spite of them, speak to each person here that we might hear a word, your word of light and love and life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today is the, uh, is the last sermon in our series, In Your Back Pocket. And the, tr- the truth is, right, I could, like, this could be a series that goes on forever because there's verse after verse in the Bible that would be helpful in our back pocket. And in some ways, every, every Sunday sermon usually has a, a core verse that, that we 
can and should carry with us. This month, though, we've, we've focused on, on particular scriptures that can help us in difficult times. You can carry with you in difficult times. And, it, you know, I get that it can be hard to memorize. Some of you have been like, well, why, why are we... Why are we talking about memorizing verses? It's right there in our Bible. It's right there in our, on our phones. But there's something about carrying verses on your hearts. And I just want to share a quick story, one quick story about why. When, uh, when I was getting started in ministry, the senior pastor at uh, the church invited me to go with him to visit an, uh, an elderly woman who suffered from Alzheimer's. She was in the Alzheimer's unit of a, of a nearby assisted living facility. And he asked me to go so that I could then go and, and do kind of regular monthly visits with her. And I was nervous because she had Alzheimer's, and I, I didn't really know exactly what that would, would mean. And we went, we had a nice conversation with her, and then he sent me back and said, all right, you're good, now, now go on your own. And I was nervous the next time because I'm like, I don't know if she's going to even remember me. Um, and she didn't. Like, I walked in, and she didn't know who I was. So I introduced myself again, and I, I said I was from the church. And, and we started talking again, and it was... It was hard, but, but she, kept asking, um, she kept asking how my brother Kevin was doing, which was really interesting because I have a brother Kevin, but I hadn't told her that I had a brother Kevin. And she just kept going. I'm like, I don't think it's the same Kevin. And then finally, um, it dawned on me when I talked about my brother, because I did bring it up later, she just lit up to hear about Kevin. And so I started sharing with her about how Kevin was doing. And, uh, and then five minutes later, she'd ask again, how's your brother Kevin doing? And I'd tell her a little bit more. It was sad. It was heartbreaking to, to see this woman who I'm sure was once vibrant and joyful. I mean, she couldn't tell me anything about her family because she couldn't remember her kids' names. She couldn't remember her grandkids' names. But do you know what she could remember? She could remember every word of the Lord's Prayer. I would start to pray with her, and I'd start the Lord's Prayer, and she would just say every word right along with me. And she could remember Psalm 23. She couldn't remember all the words, but, uh, but she, knew, she knew parts of it. And when I would read Psalm 23 to, to her, she would, she'd just get the smile on her face, and then she'd share the words that she knew. And you could just see those, those words bringing comfort and joy in, uh, in her heart, in her life. Why do we need God's word in our pocket? Metaphor for on our hearts. Because sometimes... Sometimes when life is difficult, we need those words to face the tough times. And maybe even more important, sometimes out there in the world, we're going to encounter people who are struggling and who are suffering. And when we have these words on our hearts with us, we can share them to share a word of life and hope with somebody else. So how are you doing this month at, uh, at memorizing verses and, and keeping them in your pocket? Everybody knows all the verses from all month, right? We're going we're gonna to have a little test here. So uh, I just figured, you know, some of you have been here all month. If you haven't been here all month, that's okay. Um, you're going to get a review because those people who have been here all month will know these and they're going to share them with you. So we're going to start, right? We've, we've talked about tough times. When you are angry or hurt, right? We said, turn or know in your heart Colossians 3, 13, these words from Paul to the church. All right, will you say this verse with me? Are you ready? All right, we can put it on screen. I know, we'll cheat a little bit today. Would you, uh, would you share these words? Would you read this verse with me? Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. 
All right, how about this? When you're anxious or stressed. My prayer is that you you can just hear in your mind. You don't even have to look it up. You just hear Paul's words to the church in Philippi. Philippians 4, 6, just speaking to you. Do you know this one? We'll put it on screen again. Let's say these words together. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. What about when you're lost or confused? Pastor Herb last week gave us a, a super short verse for those moments when we, are, um, when we are lost or confused. Anybody remember what those four words were? Then come follow me. Let's say that together. Then come follow me, Luke 18, 22. And Pastor Herb also shared his favorite verse, which is really an answer. What does it look like in our lives to follow Jesus? And he said, you know, Micah 6, 8 is a wonderful statement of what it looks like in our lives to follow Jesus. Let's share these words. Would you read them out loud with me? And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Which brings us to our verse for today, which speaks to those times in our life when we are ready to give up. Let me just invite you to think, is there, can you think of a time in your life when you have been ready, just ready to give up? I was, uh, I was 23 years old. It was my first, first job out of college. I found myself in Alfred, New York, Um, upstate New York. I was on the campus of Alfred University, and my job for the week was to plant a new fraternity chapter there on campus. Have any of you ever traveled to upstate New York or or from upstate New York? A couple of hands have uh, gone up. It's gorgeous. It's particularly gorgeous in the fall. Um, Now it's probably a good time to mention I was not there in the fall. I was there in the winter. I arrived on a absolutely beautiful February day. The, uh, the sun was out. As I drove from the uh, airport over to, over to Alfred, I was driving you know, across these hills, and the sun was just glistening off of rolling hills of snow. It was, it was breathtakingly beautiful. I arrived on campus. I settled into my dorm room, and for the next 14 days, there was not one single day of sunshine. Not one single day. This permafrost settled. We know a little bit about the permafrost here, but, but I don't know that it's like upstate New York. Fourteen days, the sun did not shine, and it snowed every single day. And it's possible that I'm exaggerating that a little bit because of how miserable the experience of the 14 days at Alfred University was. But what I do know is that at day 11, Chris, who's another staff member with me trying to plant this church, I was taking him to the airport and we were lamenting, like he was talking about how the weather was like just a metaphor for the week that we had had. It was just like clouds and disaster the entire week. I Our goal was to recruit 20 to 25 men, and then I had three more days to train them, and we had recruited three. It may have actually been two. The other one may have come the next day. I don't remember, but just it was an abysmal failure, and I drove then back to campus. I had three more days there to try and figure out what to do, And, uh, and I remember going into the dorm room where I was staying, and I just I sat down on the bed, and I looked out the window, and I just curled up in a ball, and I just wanted to give up. 
the job, this effort, I, all of it, I just, I didn't know how to go on. I just wanted to give up. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever just, life is just too much? Have you ever, have you ever had those, those moments when, when a project or a challenge, you just didn't see how, how you could make it happen. You just, you're just ready to give up. Or have you ever felt like, like life was so overwhelming, you just didn't know what to do? A moment when you just didn't know how to go on. And I, I don't know, have you, have you ever been in that moment and, and you've heard somebody say, or maybe it's in your head, how many of you have heard somebody say, or, or it's been in your head, God won't give you more than you can handle. How many of you have heard that? Somebody say that or it's been in your head before. Well, God won't give you more, more than you can handle. Only the thing is, you've known moments in your life or, or you've seen others who've had these moments when it was just more than they could handle. Chances are most of us know somebody in our lives that's like, like a saint to us that just seems seemed to have the best, the, the, the most powerful faith. And, and whatever was going on, it was just so much. They, they couldn't function. They didn't know what to do next because it was too much to handle. So, so hear me say this, and I, I don't curse very often. I, I, don't, I don't like to curse. I do curse sometimes, just so we're all sinners in need of a Savior, so, right? So, but... But this is the only way I know to say this so that we hear it really clearly. God won't give you more than you can handle is total BS. I said it. I mean it. It just isn't true. It just, like theologically, it just doesn't hold up. For one, God doesn't send bad things your way. God's not like testing you. God's not like continuing to give you awful things in your life. Yeah, life is messy sometimes, and we don't understand. Life is a mystery. Bad things happen. But the the God we believe in, the the God the Bible talks about, is is not like standing there testing you. That's not how it works. Yeah, we have questions. So much remains a mystery. But hear this, God is not testing you when bad things happen. Life, the brokenness of, of our world, the, the brokenness of, of humanity in some ways, it sometimes pushes us to the, to the edge, gives us more than we can handle. And if you're not there right now, and it's okay if you're there right now, chances are you will be at some point or you'll know somebody who is at some point. And the question, the question isn't whether it will happen. The question is what do we do when we reach that point when it's more than we can handle? What do we do when the, at that point when hope just seems lost? What do we do when we're ready to give up? And it's in those moments... Those moments when hope seems lost, those, those moments when we feel like we're ready to give up, I think it's in those moments that the Bible has some really important things to say to us. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 
Some of you may know this verse by heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Note, it doesn't say he'll make easy your paths. In fact, the, the word really means he will, he will help you be in right relationship along the path. It doesn't mean the path's going to be easy. It means God is going to be with you in relationship along that path. Trust, the Bible says. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Ask for wisdom, ask for God's wisdom, and God will supply it. Psalm 37, verse 7. This is actually one of my favorite verses. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently on Him. It's the patiently part that i got to be reminded about again and again. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Psalm 37, 7 says, look, it may feel like the world around you is filled with evil and it's crushing you and it's falling apart, but, but wait patiently for the Lord in those moments because God is going to show up. Even when it feels like the bad guys are winning, wait patiently because the Lord is present. And all this brings us to the words of Jesus. Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Jesus says to all those gathered and listening, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Does this mean that if I just pray hard enough, the problem will go away? No. Does this mean that if I have a, enough faith and, and believe, I'll find an easy path forward? Sometimes our brains tell us that, right? I don't think we even mean to, but, but we get this sense, if I just have enough faith, then, then things will get easier. And, and sometimes that's just not true. But I think Jesus in these verses is saying something even more important, even better for us to hear for those moments when we're ready to give up. A life of faith, Jesus says, is not passively believing. It is actively seeking. Let me say those words again. A life of faith is not passively believing. Not sitting back and saying, okay, God, I need you to make this okay. A life of faith is actively seeking. Right? So, a life of faith, it doesn't mean the problem goes away. Sometimes we want to think, if I just believe hard enough, this will pass. But no, you've had moments, I've had moments where we know no matter how much we believed, no matter how much we prayed, it doesn't work that way. Things didn't get worse because of a lack of faith or asking God. Sometimes things just get worse. Instead, the life of faith that Jesus introduces us to it, it's one of seeking and doing and living into another way of seeing the world. 
Right? Jesus says, lean into me, ask, and, and I'll grant you wisdom to see this with eyes that in the heat of the moment, you can't see it right now. God says, yeah, that, that challenge, that, that thing, it's too big for you. It is, but it's not too big for me, and I'm going to be with you through this. The cross showed us that nothing is too big for our God. That God isn't afraid to walk through anything with you and with us. To really understand these words of Jesus, ask and seek and knock, we got to put them back in the context, right? It's not like Jesus, it's in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. It's not like he's given this Sermon on the Mount and then all of a sudden he says, and here is a magical way to pray where if you pray, you'll get the red Porsche convertible you want. That's not it at all. Jesus has said how to walk through the difficulties of life. He's been preparing his followers from the time his ministry starts until he dies on the cross for how to live, how to live in a world that won't always accept the way, that in a world that's going to be filled with, with crosses to bear. And he says to them, here's how you do it. You, you, love, you love your neighbors and you even love your enemies. And when conflict comes up, you turn the other cheek. And you seek peace. And blessed are those of you who in, the, in, the, in and through it all reach out to serve others. And then he says, toward the end as he's wrapping it all up, he says, ask. Ask for this way of life to be apparent to you and it will be there. Seek this way of life and you'll see that I am at work even in the struggles, even in the moments when you want to give up. Ask, seek knock. Don't give up. Don't plow ahead with your own agenda. Don't expect things to magically get better, but ask and seek and knock, pray and search and stand at the doorway ready for Jesus to enter. And God shows up. In a kind word, a stranger that you didn't even expect to know what was going on in your life. God shows up in the sense of perspective that you gain when you, when you just pray and you throw it all into, into God's hands. God shows up in the strength that you find just to get through another day. God shows up in the community that wraps itself around you when you, when you reach into that community and, and let them know you're hurting. God shows up in the fact that the sun comes up tomorrow, as Pastor Herb said last week. God shows up in a promise of resurrection to hold on to. God shows up. Ask, seek, knock. I don't know about you, but I always find myself when I when I hear, you know, a scripture like this, ask, seek, knock, and I think, yes, but but what does that look like? Like, how do I do that in that moment when when I'm hurting or, or when I'm struggling? Like, what what does it look like? And so let me let me just give you one way to think about these these three things that Jesus says, a way to a way to live it out in our own lives. When we think ask, we can ask the question, where am I right now? And I don't mean like, where are you right now in the, in the church? I mean, in those moments when we're struggling, just ask like, where, where am I spiritually? Where am I emotionally right now? 
Where am I in my relationship with Jesus? Where am I in my prayer life? Where am I in my, in my spiritual life? When, uh, when I was at, in that dorm room in Alfred, um, I think I've, I've probably preached on this part before. I, I shared this, this truly theologically awful prayer to God. I essentially said, God, if you'll get me through this, I'll give you a big gift to the church. Like, it, it's not a good way to pray, by the way. Uh, in part because I didn't define what getting through it was, like getting through it with your job, getting through it without your job, just living through it. Like, what did that mean? And, and second, I didn't define what a big gift was. So then I was forced with, okay, so how much is a big gift for me right now to the church? That's a sermon for another time. But, but the prayer... The very act of praying in that moment, as bad as the prayer was, what I realized was I hadn't prayed in the entire 11 days that I had been in Alfred. I just left my faith behind and was trying to do it, trying to go it alone, all by myself. And in that moment of prayer, I realized I was failing, and I was failing by myself, and I couldn't do it by myself. The very act of praying asking where am I spiritually and emotionally, without even knowing it, started to give me some perspective. The second question for seek, as you think about seeking, the question, where are you trying to go? Where am I trying to go right now? And not just in this moment, but, but where are you headed in life? What matters and, and what doesn't? Because sometimes when we, when we hit that wall, we find that the truth is we were trying to go somewhere where, where we didn't have to be that, that, that wasn't tied to what really mattered for us. The reality is on, on that day, that 11th day in Alfred, New York, I, I came to the realization that I was not good at planting new fraternity chapters. I, that's not entirely true. It took me two more of those experiences of failing at it to realize I was not good at planning fraternity chapters. But I, I also, in that prayer and in that moment, to just reflect and step back from this wall of wanting to give up, I realized a couple things. I, just a couple months before that, I had coordinated um, fraternity chapters around the United States and Canada, and we'd raised 1.25 million pounds of food across the, across the country and Canada. Um, and I, I had trained and, and was nurturing these eight other guys that were working essentially under me. And, uh, and I, I think I was good at that. I wasn't good, I wasn't good at planting fraternity chapters. But see, the thing was, once I took a step back and realized that, I, I realized that failure didn't have to define me. That thing that I was ready to give up on, that, that wasn't going to define who I was. I was a child of God and I was gifted in other ways. And the truth is, the new fraternity chapter failed. Um, and in my defense, the entire fraternity system at Alfred failed a few years later. Um, but you see, that wasn't what mattered. That wasn't really where I was going. Yeah, it was a part of my job, but to fail in that wasn't going to define who I was, where God was leading me. Which leads us to the third question, knock moment when you're struggling, you can just ask, okay, this is who I am. This is who God's calling me to be. How do I get there? How can you get where you're trying to go? Or a better way of saying this, how can you follow where God is leading you? 
So if, if a door closes, maybe it's because another, it's because another door is going to open. If you can't overcome what is happening, maybe it's because, it's because God is saying, let go, let me take this. Let go of that burden in your life. In that moment when, when all of your soul is screaming to give up because you don't have the strength, you don't have the strength to go on, even the smallest moment of prayer can knock on that door that just, that just reminds you that Jesus is right there. Jesus is, is right there, and you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to think that it's you against the world. You don't have to give up. Do you remember playing peekaboo either as a kid or, or have you ever played peekaboo with, uh, um, with a little one? And, uh, right, silly game. I remember, I just, I, I can't tell you a specific instance, but I remember playing peekaboo with Noah and with uh, Ella when they were little. And I remember it because those memories are filled with giggles and laughter. And I remember doing it where I'd cover my head with a blanket and, uh, and I'd, clo- I'd put their hands over their eyes and then, and then open it back up, right? In case you haven't played in a long time, peekaboo, very simple game right? The child closes or covers their eyes or hides their head, and then the parent or caregiver is gone, right? And when they're little enough, when they're little enough, their brain says, oh, they're gone. Um, I want them back. And then, of course, you uncover, and there they are. You found them again. The game of peekaboo, though, it works on two assumptions that we just we just make, we don't think about peekaboo, we just play, but the game works because of two really important assumptions. One, the child wants to find the adult. Once you're gone, if they like covered up their head or if they you know, went around the corner and they decided, oh, I'm done with this game and walked off, the, the game doesn't work anymore because they're not seeking, they're not searching anymore. The game also does not work if the parent doesn't want to be found. It works on the assumption that the parent or the caregiver, whoever's the aunt, the uncle, the grandparent that's playing peekaboo wants to be found. Right? And the game works over and over and over again because the joy in that moment of discovery, of finding the the caregiver, the parent again, is so much fun laughs and giggles and and joy, and they want to do it again and again and again because it's wonderful to know that you're not alone. That parent, that caregiver is still with you even though you closed your eyes and you opened them back up, even though you hid, and they are still right there. God wants to be found. God wants to be found. God isn't hiding because God doesn't want to be found. In fact, we usually just don't feel or know God's presence in that moment when we want to give up because, because something has closed our eyes. It might be tragedy. It can be the, just the pain of the, of the struggle. It can be even just our habits and routines that we started to go through without thinking. And so God's presence, it, it, isn't, it isn't novel anymore. But, but none of that means that God is not there with us in those moments of struggles. The good news is God wants to be found. God wants us to ask and to seek and to knock and 
and to open the door and to be giddy and full of laughter because we realize, we realize that we don't have to walk through this alone. God wants us to know that we are not alone. We don't have to face the challenges by ourselves. Ask, seek, knock, and God shows up. So let me invite you to take these words with you, to put this verse in your pocket, on your heart, and carry it for those times when you're ready to give up, to carry it for those times when you're helping somebody else who's in that moment. Would you say these words, Matthew 7, 7, with me? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. It's a... Uh, it's on my heart today. I, I'm just going to guess that, that somebody here or multiple people here, you are in that place where you're just ready to give up right now. Whatever it is that's been happening in your life, it is just, it is just heavy. And so I just want to take a, a moment and, and pray for you today. And I want to pray for all of us because we, we all face moments like that sometimes in our lives. Or or we can take this prayer and, and offer it for others that are, that are in that place. Would you pray with me today? God, God, we look out and we see that our, our world just seems kind of filled with brokenness right now. We see people all over who are just just hurting. Lord, there are some of us here today who just hit that wall and, and we're not sure how to face tomorrow. We're not sure where to turn for the energy or the strength. Just keep going. So God, we just, we just pray that right now in this moment, you just show up for us. Cover each and every one of us right now with your, your strength and your hope. Place these words in our heart that, that if, if we just seek you, you'll show up and then open our eyes, God. Take our hands off our eyes. Take the world's blanket off of our eyes and, and, and show us that you're here. You're here in the laughing child. You're, you're here in the hug. You're here in the, in the moments, even when we can't see. And let us carry that word on our hearts. Carry it for the moments when we're not sure we can't go on. Carry it to share with those who are finding themselves in those moments. Lord, just keep reminding us to ask and know that we're your child. To seek and know that you've got a plan for us. You have a purpose for each and every one of us here today. And God, just help us to keep knocking and keep laughing and enjoying the fact that you are here, that you are ready to show up and that you'll walk with us through anything. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.